Being professional. Here we go, professional. We got a countdown. <laughs> we're, so, we've got our own. We, oh, I we just got snack order. We got out of order of publishing, and oh yes, uh, very which much. So. Was the right move, but we went from just using the Zoom audio to now we're mildly professional. Right. I still sound like I'm in an echo chamber, whereas Nat sounds <laughs> much better. But we're uh, for, for my buddy Liam, who complained, right? There we go, up. Liam. This is slightly better. <laughs> and then, this is, I think, going to be the second episode if they're listening in chronological order. That is like that sounds yes. good. So, I think so. welcome to <laughs> the Zoom recordings are done, everybody. <laughs> welcome to so YouTube's radio. Now we gave you one better. We gave you one really nice recording one for the end of the year, and then mm-hmm. it was back to Zoom. I think we have. No, I, I don't even know. This, I think we're on the Zoom ones. I, I think don't think so. Ones. I think I have two more to edit. Oh boy, I have two more to edit at this point. It's very confusing. I also haven't looked back at anything yet, and also I'm pretty sure that everybody listening, it's like March by the time this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has. So. It's, it's at least I think late January or February. So one of the things I want to yeah so. Listeners like I. Uh, Why are you talking oh about God, there's Christmas? This, there's this uh, quote that I love, and I think it's oh my God, Emerson. I think it's Emerson, but it's something like um, beware. Oh my God, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like beware of all activities that require purchasing new clothes. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think I told this story. Yeah, you uh, did. on a previous podcast about the snowboard thing. But yeah, I really wanted to make sure one we super were into this, and then also I did want a backlog for weeks where we couldn't do it. And it's like, a perfect example of we intentionally took Christmas yeah. break. We took two weeks off here, but even then, we didn't want to like record and right because no one's no one's paying us yet. Not yet. Man, how embarrassing would it be if by the time this episode airs, we have a sponsor? <laughs> Casper, like, Casper Mattress is like, hey, what the heck? We're paying you. There's so, oh my God. Ugh. Or Talkspace. Where's Talkspace? Get at us. I, like, there was about a two-year span where, like, I think 80% of what I bought was probably from podcasts. Oh, like, I, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we ads bought- <laughs> don't work on me like watching tv and seeing like jake no, from State farm with aaron Rodgers does not make me want to remote it has to work or they wouldn't do it but jake from State farm with aaron Rodgers does not make me uh even remotely go huh i want to go through the hassle of right. changing my auto insurance but right when i'm listening to a podcast and it, typically you have like a different relationship with the podcast hosts and they're like hey I genuinely tried this, their sponsor, but I genuinely tried it and it's great. And then you're like, oh, and then you like buy it. So like podcast ads, it's something to work. Yeah. They work way better than generic TV ads. Yeah. We have a Casper mattress. Is it good? (laughs) It's yeah, it's pretty good. But we bought, we bought it because I I heard about it in a podcast. And I think we also, we tried HelloFresh for a while because I heard about it on a podcast. (laughs) 
I've, I mean, I've tried like seven things from them. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts myself because I, I write for a job. And so like, yeah. I can't occupy the verbal part of my brain. And I've <laughs> tried one time because uh, I worked at a factory and just doing like this, like base menial physical labor. Like I would go through podcasts oh, that's through, my, through my entire shift. Like I, yeah. I almost stopped listening to music when I worked Cause I would just listen to, I just listen to podcasts, but I, everyone now it's like, I might listen to like every once in a while I might put on a podcast while I'm like doing laundry and like in the morning, other than that, it's like maybe on my day off, I'll listen to a couple episodes or like if I have a drive somewhere, usually mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put on a podcast, but it was very unnerving the other day where I, um, I put on an episode of how did this get made? Oh, and, I love that. I love that show. And there was a Walmart commercial <laughs> in it. Not well, even like a, I mean, not even they got a recruit. They right. Got a recruit. No, but like not even like Paul Shear like getting on there, but like, all right, let me tell you about Walmart. Uh, not like that. It was literally like a radio ad that they just dropped in the middle of this episode. And it was so, it was, there were a few of those on there that they had like the pre recorded, like, I think it was Walmart, Target, and like maybe an insurance thing. Also, like, what are insurance companies actually spending our money on if they just are blowing all this money on ads? Oh my god, like they buy more so ads than anybody. I got and everybody I mean, already has insurance, right? I, I've yeah, I and that's what I said. It has to work or they wouldn't do it's it. Gotta, so maybe it's a money this laundering. Is gonna, this scheme. is gonna blow your mind. So I know it will because you don't play sports games. Um I play wrestling games. Do those count as sports? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, okay. so uh, one of my dearest buds, uh, I'll, I'll leave everybody anonymous because uh, I didn't consent to this story. <laughs> but one of my dearest uh, friends, we visited them over the holidays, and the, the family as a whole is extremely, ex- like, everyone in Michigan is into sports, but this family is, like, it's it's their lifeblood. And the son who's 11, I think 11, he, every year, just... Uh, and I've known him since he was like four or five. Mm-hmm. Every year he just gets the fleet of EA sports games for <laughs> Christmas. And that's what he wants. And he loves them. Jeez, what a racket that is, huh? And, yeah. Well, you just yeah. release the same game every year mm-hmm. and you get $60 a pop. So we're over there hanging out, socializing a little after Christmas. And he was bouncing between games. But he started the story mode on the newest Madden Oh. And R.I.P. John, which Madden. those things. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. did just pass. Um, Him and Betty the, White. Those uh, lost a real one. The story mode is like newer to me because I stopped playing like sports games in the early two thousands, and even then, right. they barely had a certain. Now it's like you create a character and you go through this whole like. Uh, <laughs> Like, a, like Jerry Maguire level oh my sports gosh. agency, like your Cuba Gooding Jr. kind of thing. And so the anyways, this this my friend's son is playing and I look over and Jake from State Farm is there. And if you don't know who Jake the from game? State Farm is. Oh, my God. Jake is uh their spokes guy, their main spokes guy wears a red T-shirt. Yeah. Or not red, uh, polo. And in the game, he's like, 
hi, I'm Jake from State Farm. We really like what you're doing, you know, blah, blah, oh blah. God. Do you want a sponsorship deal with us? So not That's only is so it like... so ludicrous. Like, I, and, and this, it was like the 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 actor, whoever, whatever his name is, the actor who plays this guy. Uh, yeah. It's like fully 3D rendered in the game. Like, it wasn't like oh just even a clip of him that they played. It was like they took it was, time to. It was an avatar. They had yeah, they a took time character to model. Ping pong oh balls gosh. on them and the dots and, and model in <laughs> the game. And I was just like, what? And his son, who again, 11, was yeah. kind of like, why are you freaking out about this? And I'm like, yeah. there's ads in your game. <laughs> capitalism run amok. He's just like, uh, yeah, dude, like. They've been, uh, you know, you always get sponsorship deals from different brands in, in the Madden storylines. so weird. I was like, what? Uh, so weird. I'll just say, I've never, uh, I've, I've got really into particularly basketball, but I watch a lot of basketball and hockey and a little football this year, really since COVID started. Um, and I would say 50% of commercials are insurance commercials, and it yes. always makes me go, like insurance is too expensive. Right. <laughs> if you, the only, you yeah, not have this much for money. sure. The only, like the only thing I watch that has like ads on it now is, is pro wrestling. And so mm-hmm. many of those ads are just for insurance. Like <laughs> I know like all of like the state farm and Geico yes. campaigns because you, like they're playing between these shows. Do you remember I'm when like, they made a television show, a bona fide season of oh, a the cavemen? Off the, of the Geico, Geico cavemen. cavemen. <laughs> like, cause their ads are so good. And like people talk about them. Like my, like my parents yeah. will still randomly quote like stuff from Geico commercials. Right. And so it's clearly advertising company. They did a great job, whatever. But to go, people love these cavemen so much. Let's make it a series so of like background and like, <laughs> like it makes also, me want to know if there's like a Wikia, like, you know what I mean? Like when you get into like <laughs> a fandom.com yeah, like about the cavemen. There, is there a fandom for like, I don't know the, the whole, the seven episodes of the cavemen show that got aired or whatever. <laughs> what I will say now is that as a person who has been, um, who has had longer hair and facial hair mo- much of my life, I resent the Geico cavemen with a deep, deep burning because like any person over 40 mm-hmm. would be like, oh, hey, you look like one of those Geico cavemen. It's like, yeah, shut up, Bill. How about you fix your marriage? <laughs> the, the worst was when uh, the like like junior sixth grade hits, junior high hits and yeah. every cool dude wants uh, both ears pierced. So it was very important to get both. <laughs> And then they wanted uh, either completely bleached blonde or frosted tips, and I did. I did both. I did it all because uh, I was cool. Um, <laughs> I never did the frosted tips. Oh yeah, I had the frosted. I had a lot tips. of friends who did, and then I yeah. went into just fully bleach it. And then Eminem comes out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and he's a it, Detroit guy too. Yeah, and it was so like it was one of those like boomer jokes that just didn't die like yeah. i was bleach blonde as like a sophomore eminem was like uh on his third record and people would still be like you look like eminem and i'm like 
we have very different hairstyles. We just have the same yeah. bleached hair, but okay. Right. And like, at a, yeah, at a certain point, it just gets, it's I, like, I wasn't offended. I was just tired. I'm like, I don't know how to respond to you anymore because this right. is so stupid. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, shudder to think, <laughs> you know, I feel bad for anybody who's like a true ginger, how much, uh, commentary they must get on their, you know, hair uh, and appearance and on Ed like, Sheeran. Yes. I've, I've heard the jokes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh, yeah. you mean just like ginger jokes in general? Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just in go. general. I mean, it's there like, I have, you know, my name is Jesse and the, I mean, I've been hearing Jesse's girl my whole life oh, and yeah. it's a fine song, but number one, Rick Springfield spells it with an I, which is <laughs> technically the girl spelling, the f- girl spelling, yeah. which is short for Jessica, whatever he did it. Jessica. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, just Jessica, some, the manly one. And so people would sing that to me, but like again, people don't listen to lyrics, and so people would always go, uh, right. like sing it to me and kind of be like silly. And then especially when I started dating my wife, there are people, oh, are you gonna have it at the wedding? Are you gonna? Have, you should have your best man sing it. That would be funny. And oh I'm my like, god, no, no, like he's like super horny for his best friend's like girlfriend. Like that's not even that's like beyond. Oh no, you're pale. sorry, sorry, you're thinking. My best friend's girl by the cars at this point. <laughs> Jesse's girl, he's just stalking some some girl who's dating a dude named Jesse. I don't even think that. Well, no, yeah, he's. Were they, were, were no, the, Jesse, was the narrator Je- and Jesse the, friends? Yeah, the opening line is Jesse is a friend. He's a good friend of mine. But lately something's <laughs> right. changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. That's right. Uh, That's right. So people are like, you should have your best man sing that at your wedding. And I'm like, uh, no, nope. like <laughs> that's so really weird. Like, weddings, no, are sing that very broad. Sing that jokes. during the like sing, the the uh, like whoever whoever uh, objects to this union. <laughs> Jesse's yeah. girl place. Yeah, they can get up singing. <laughs> but yeah, like, but again, back to the people that listen to lyrics thing. Uh, it was just people always oh like Jesse's girl, and I'm like, no, it's not a song about you know. A cute, no. It's like this dude really wants his friend Jesse's girl. Right. right which is right, right. fine for a song. Just baby, don't sing it at my wife. I know. I know. After the two of you started dating it, that I suddenly got a very complicated relationship with that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, um, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> my, I, uh, I, I don't. In fact, let's just let's just skip this song. What? Uh, oh, you're uh, bright now. You turned on a light. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Click the button. Um, <laughs> I should not click buttons. Yeah. Uh, uh, how was your? Uh, we've been meandering, but how was? We've been meandering it's been like a whole three, lot. Three weeks since we recorded. I think so. How was your like holiday? Yeah, it was good. Um, my sister and her family came up from Albuquerque. Uh, they moved down there about four ish years ago. Um, and she's got four kids now uh, and pregnant with her fifth. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> she said she said that they were uh, they her and her husband were talking about whether or not he'd get a vasectomy. And he's like, yeah, let's let's think about that. Let's let's look into it a little more. And then like the next week she found out she was pregnant. Are there <laughs> uh 
is is this is are there deep religious reasons or no 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 no. it's just no 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 they got they got pregnant with twins on their honeymoon oh twins are thrown in the mix okay yeah started with twins on the honeymoon like it's rough so she went from being like a fiance to a mother of two in like a year did you see recently the Pope said something? The Pope uh, said something along the lines of, "Couples that choose to remain childless and just get a pet are uh, like selfish or something." Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "It's a very Roman hey. Catholic thing to say." I was like, "So glad I uh, don't listen to you, sir." <laughs> uh, we just just offended all the Catholics listening. Like, how dare you? Um, yeah, but yeah, apparently he 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 does not approve of our childless but cat ownering lifestyle. He has, I believe, uh, made allowances for contraceptives to stop the spread of STDs, which is a very good and common sense yeah development <laughs> that should have happened <laughs> good. decades ago. Good for um, them, but better late than never. Better late than never. <laughs> Uh, so your sister came up, but no, yeah. So they, yep, they came up and, um, it was, again, they live in Albuquerque. I'm assuming they flew. No, they drive. What? That's like. They do it in two days. They just have the kids watch movies. Traveling with four kids. I will say. All pregnant. Uh, No. She's not that, she's not that pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, don't have too much sympathy. Just like, uh, no, 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 I no. would, I um, would just, no, no, I would just shut down. I would be like, I think no, I'll just so die now. Having flown to Washington with them when they still lived here, when they had the twins as babies, mm-hmm. I think fly, I think driving is easier than flying with kids. I well, I believe that because we <laughs> flew from every flight. Detroit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, flying from here to Detroit and back, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a lot of people didn't go home last year because of COVID. Right. And a lot of people this year were trepidatious about going home, but went anyways like us. And yeah. both all the, both flights were full of kids, but we happened to be surrounded by one or, or two families. So one mom and dad with two kids that were friends and then another mom and dad with Three kids and all oh, under the age of like six, all of them. Oh, yeah. And somehow Lauren and I got sandwiched in between, and like <laughs> you know, just put them in a minivan with Moana, they'll be fine. Uh, I'll just say zero judgment from my part because being a parent is insanely hard. I will just say by the end of the flight, I was like, I, I, I could not do that. I was very yeah. much like those parents are. Uh, going to pass out tonight and because <laughs> it was a intent, a lot of passing a lot of fixing iPads a lot of oh gosh yes uh, switching seats they kept having to switch seats around Man. and kept apologizing to us and I was like no it's it's you got kids it's fine I totally get it in my day you had a little like not even a Game Boy like one of those little like you buy them at the Osco drug and they have like the little LCD like a Game and Watch sort of deal. You got like there's so many uh, and it's good until the batteries die and then you have to throw it away ti- and that's uh, all you get. Tiger or games. a coloring page. Ti- oh yes, Tiger, Tiger games. games. Tiger Games. That's right. I had like a Sonic Man. one and like a Double I- Dragon one and. Like back then, I was like, "This sucks," but it's all you had. Like it was I all you had. Yeah, there weren't. It wasn't like 
You can either play Double Dragon or play, you know, uh, I never had a, a Game Boy. And so it's just this is it, kid. Right. And so we should we should clear up for anybody who is listening who is not aware of the Tiger games. It's not like a Game Boy where you have a sprite you can move around. There are certain spots on the screen where a character mm-hmm. can go. And you can move your character between these places as they avoid whatever predetermined obstacles are there. Mm-hmm. I had some I had one with a dinosaur and it was almost like a space invader type where like you're a dinosaur avoiding asteroids or and something would, like that. Like so when you turn it on cuz it's a some sort of you, slide and when you turn it on the whole thing lights up and you can see for a brief second every possible graphic yes. in the game at once yes. and then so the way it works yes. is it just oh, man, lights I up. love that <laughs> it lights up different <laughs> sections you know so when you yeah. jump it turns the light off on the character on the ground and turns the light right. on behind the character in the air jumping yeah yeah that's it's not like accurate gameplay no <laughs> there's a lot no, of it was death man, I, I was need like, to, this is I need BS. to find those I was even playing, I remember now, like, I would even play those at home. Like, I not even just on, like, trips. Oh. I would play it at home sometimes. We had them in, like, <laughs> in my room. Yeah, I never had a Game Boy. We had them in the car, and I just, I played the Sonic yeah. one over and over and over, and it was just like, this sucks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and also you needed to buy a different device for each game. It's not yeah. like you could take a cartridge out. It was just... <laughs> Here are each thing, <laughs> yeah, like, and then you have to. My gosh, they yeah, I completely they forgot made, about these. They weren't made to like even. They were made to be throwaway things you bought for twenty yeah. bucks to keep your kid happy. They weren't made to be like. Man, were they that much? I were they that expensive? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do remember them being the prizes on like Nickelodeon game shows all the time. Oh my god, it was like a tiger game and a and a camcorder. <laughs> I want to see now that we're talking about this. I want to see one of those <laughs> like gag. Zoomer reacts videos. I love those like zo- like say that again. Zoomer reacts. So there's always like videos oh, yes. where there's like <laughs> Zoomers are shown like I don't know yeah, 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 yeah. whatever Nintendo <clears throat> for the first time and they don't even know how to turn the Nintendo on. Right. And some of them are you know they're amused and they never like punch down or make fun of the kid for being young like they're just young. But I would love to see them being like, can you imagine being on a four hour road trip and here's your <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. Here's your one thing. You have about 30 (laughs) seconds of gameplay that you just have to repeat. It would just be like, why didn't you do this? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think I had a basketball game too. Yeah, it was, man, Tiger. Now I want to know if my mom still has some of those. I want to find those, (laughs) see if they still work. But Uh, but no, um, we did. (laughs) Yeah, my sister came up. And we're hanging out a bunch, like mostly like we had like the Christmas day thing and then we had a couple like uh, hangouts mm-hmm. here and there. But like one of our gifts to, um, it, I guess it was also kind of my sister because we got her, got the kids out of her hair for a mm-hmm. bit. Um, we took the the non-toddler children, the the ambulatory, I guess Wes is ambulatory now. He can walk a bit. Uh, the speaking children, uh, we took them to a trampoline park. And I was really hoping, was just you, like, hoping you were going to say something like the horse track. <laughs> like the race. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish. Took him to the horse, uh, the racetrack, told him to uh, shut up. No, my mom used to breed horses, though. So what? it was, wow. you know, that'd be. 
She used to breed Clydesdales. It's an expensive hobby. Did she ever sell any to Budweiser? <laughs> Not to Budweiser, no. God, those are no, those are but huge. I they're they're yeah, yep, they're big, they're real big, and I I've had to stand down a Clydesdale more than once in my life. It's a uh, <laughs> like you like it was like <laughs> mad at you and you're like I can't oh, yeah. outrun yeah, it yeah, yeah. so I have to. You have to turn and tell it your boss. And horses are kind of dumb, so they'll believe you. <laughs> so, uh, But no, so we went to this trampoline park, and honest to God, my back is still sore. Like, it was probably a calendar week ago. I believe it. And <laughs> I... Because uh, I used... Like, we used to have a big trampoline at our house, and like... Like, mm-hmm. as a kid, not like as an adult hey no <laughs> we never had a we know ne- i know <laughs> um but like so i used to like do all the flips and stuff yeah. and whatever like i was good at trampolining i guess now i would do it for hours because it's just like endlessly because uh, yeah you just keep it's just fun and you're like yeah it's yeah you just jump on this thing and do a flip and try to throw a twist yeah. in there or try to do it whatever and so i'm there and i'm you know i'm bouncing off the sides because it's like a big like pen yeah like you got like trampolines on the side as well and then there they even had like a this one had like kind of like a ninja warrior style uh obstacle course sort of deal um okay i would be there was like a zip line with a foam because every time i watch ninja warrior like 80 percent of me is like oh i would totally fail and there's 20 percent of me that's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. "Ah, i could do this (laughs) Yeah, like there was so they had they had like the like the ramp wall that uh, like they had they had a couple of them and that was that was kind of a mistake to let the kids do that because the twins are very competitive with each other oh boy and so one of them ran up the smaller one and Mm. hit the bar like on a fluke Mm. almost um it never came close any other time, but then the other twin was like, okay, yeah. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And so she like was exhausting herself running up this thing. Um, but no, and then like I woke up the next morning and I was like, uh, my back hurts so much. I mean, it's just in my back, in my back, activating still muscles that you don't use in a desk oh, job sure. or a yeah. playing guitar job. Um, and so <laughs> those are those are yeah, my only jobs. Yeah. Uh, no, I. No, I guess I screen print sometimes. But yeah, I I got sore from uh, taking down Christmas decorations. Oh, like I took down a bunch of Christmas decorations, oh. and this morning I woke up and I was like, my back's a little tight. And I was like, why is it tight? And I was like, oh, because I was doing like a crazy amount of bending over and lifting and carrying downstairs and whatever, but yeah, it's like, yeah, just yeah. Christmas decorations. But it was like, my body doesn't right. know that. doesn't care. Uh, right. And I was right, like, right. oh, this, this um, sucks. Uh, that, that just reminded <laughs> me of uh, the, the most expensive haircut of Michelle's life. Oh, boy. And the most stressful haircut that she's ever received mm-hmm. on my end. So she... Um, I, I, I sort of gave away the, the plot at this point, but she had uh, gave herself a haircut and then later that night, like came down a little freaked out because her uh, she was trying to fall asleep and her arms started hurting and she thought maybe she was having a heart attack. Um, 
because like she was getting anxious, like her chest was getting tight too. Because yeah, sure, sure, because you know, her arm hurt. <laughs> so I'm like, so we, you know, we looked online and read through all the things, and we determined, like, you know what, it looks like if at this point, if you if just your arm is hurting, then it looks like you have some time to figure it out. So like, let's let's sleep on it. Let's see how you feel in the morning. And so she felt okay. Uh, when she woke up and then her and her friend were actually going to a conference in Chicago and she is getting there and she her arms are hurting again but then also she was getting clammy and like uh, her breath was shortening and her chest was getting tight and she's like oh no like you, we gotta go to an ER we gotta go to an ER and they ran all these tests did everything did the due diligence and it was, nope, your arm was sore because you gave yourself a haircut. And then all the rest was from the anxiety of thinking you were having a heart attack. I empathize with this story <laughs> and so, and so then, much like, because, yeah, I do that yeah, kind of thing all the yeah, time. Yeah. It was, it was also, it was also like right on the heels of like a couple family deaths that I Just had. High alert. And so it yeah, was like, we're yeah. ultra heightened to it. Yeah, and so like I was, I was a wreck for like the rest of the month just from like the, like the sheer anxiety there was, of that. There was some tweet. Triple, it was. It was there was some tweet I loved that was like, "Is this was early on in COVID? It was like, do I have COVID or does is this just how it feels to have a throat?" <laughs> and yep, I think about the tweet all the time because every yeah. morning I wake up and I'm like, "Yep, what is it? I don't know. I don't know." Is it maybe we'll, we'll let's see, let's write it out. Right. I don't know, you know, and then halfway through the day, and it's just like I've been doing that for a year and a half now. And like, <laughs> I think my right. mentally, I was telling my wife this, I was like, I was like, look, we're really smart and careful and whatever with uh, everything. And we're lucky enough to have jobs where we don't really have to leave the house. Like, if we yeah. really wanted to, we could just never leave the house. Um, but I was like, I just like at this point, I'm I'm kind of uh, mentally exhausted. Where I'm just going to do what I know to do, be safe, wear my there mask, whatever. But I'm done, kind of freaking out about it. I'm just sort of yeah. like, you know, if I if I get it, I know that I have done the right thing, right? And it's not because I was, you know, at some New Year's Eve party, unmasked, you know, dancing. Uh, or whatever, right? Uh, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't doing. Uh, car- you weren't doing sloppy karaoke. No, um, on the same mic. <sighs> uh, good segue into visiting <laughs> Michigan. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's. My mom kept worrying me. She's like, "Hey, it's not like it is in San Francisco." People aren't really taking it as serious here. And Michigan did have the highest numbers in the nation for several, several months. Like, real bad. Right. And so San Francisco was down to, like, literally less than 10 cases a day. Wow. Like, the county of San Francisco. So we were feeling like, like, we were all still doing the thing, too. We're still masked up. We're still, every place you go, you show back. Which is why you had 10 cases. And then, uh, you know... My mom's just like, oh yeah, no one's wearing a mask up here. You know, you when you come over, when you come, you, you know, just be prepared. It's like, okay, and it, it, like it honestly wasn't as bad as I thought it was sure. going to be. But yeah, it was still like, when you go to the grocery store, 50-50. like fifty yeah, percent yeah, people yeah. wearing masks, fifty not. And like uh, when we 
Lauren and I did one evening where we just had a date night, just us in Detroit, um, which Detroit is, you know, how often do we actually get to see it? Because my parents live in the suburbs. So we went down and had like this fun date night and went to a restaurant, went to uh, a couple bars and did some shopping and nowhere asked for our vaccine. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And like some of the servers in the restaurants were wearing masks and some Mm -hmm. weren't. And so it was clearly like personal choice. It's not just kind of like, you know, freaked me out a bit. Yeah. Uh, I took, you know, the rapid, my mom had gotten a bunch of the rapid tests. I took one, uh, just to make myself stop being anxious to make sure. Cause it wasn't even, it's not even so much about my health. It is about spreading it. Like if I get it, I'm like, fine, I'll be fine. It's, I don't want to give it to other people. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I had a bit of that panic because almost every year when my sister and the kids come up. Uh, and, and Chad, my brother-in-law too, <laughs> he comes, he comes too. It's just easier to say my sister and family. <laughs> um, one of the kids is always sick. Always. Cause that's what kids do. Kids just get sick. Yeah. And then they get you sick. And so like, the man, they gave us, your face. uh, they gave us norovirus one year, like around Thanksgiving. <laughs> I Wait, think really, yeah, I had noro on Thanksgiving a few years ago and it mm-hmm. was, <laughs> the worst Thanksgiving ever. Um, Cause that was also the year that there was a snowstorm. It was when Michelle's parents were living out of town and they were coming up, but there's a snowstorm when they were leaving and they couldn't continue the drive. And so they just like, sorry, we can't go. And then like, I'm thrown up in the basement. <laughs> like, I'll be like, down here. Yeah. And then like last year we had like the worst, Jeez. the worst flu in my life. Or two uh, years ago, I had the worst flu. My it was like that flu when everyone was like, "I think I already had COVID." It's like no, it was just a really bad flu. Yeah. Um, but one of them was like sniffly the whole trip, and then Lindsay started getting sniffly, and I'm like, and then we hung out for like breakfast, and then later that day she posts, "Any of my friends in South Bend have a rapid test? All the stores are out." I'm like, Lindsay. Do not. <laughs> you, you were you at my house. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you were at my house. Um, but yeah, it was no. fine. They were neg- they were negative. Good. Yeah, I. I good. Uh, well, well, I'm glad to hear they're negative. The the tests were negative, but yeah, it's uh, no. Uh, being home was fine, and just reminded me. Um, I love Michigan, and I will always, especially the city of Detroit. I mean, it's. It's night and day from when I even grew up because, you know, Detroit famously got like, it was like the punching bag for, yeah. I mean, it's why, uh, what's it, Cryf, I think it was Chrysler, uh, came up with the tagline that was very successful, the marketing campaign called Imported from Detroit. Yeah. Because Detroit felt very abandoned by like America yes. uh, and the government. Absolutely. And so uh, it's like, hey, we've, being kind of an economic backbone, we make the cars, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. there became this insane Detroit pride and insane Michigan pride. Yeah. And the city I've really, watched it happen. Uh, like it's been in the last like 15 years. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And the city started to like rebound from yeah. one of the most famously corrupt mayors, Kwame Kilpatrick. Uh, that was a little <laughs> scandal. Oh He's, my gosh. He was terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, and so going down there and seeing areas where when I was a kid or a teen, my parents would be like, don't go here. And being like, oh, there's Jack White's third man record store. And there's like <laughs> a Jolly Pumpkin Brewery next to it. And yeah. Uh, a filth and you know uh, outdoor like clothing store and a giant Varvados like it's just it's like oh this used to be the area where like you would just be like oh no you're gonna get murdered if you go down there right 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 um and again I was young when I heard a lot of that so I don't know how much of that was just you know panic but it's radically changed and so getting to see the city was amazing but all that to say uh, it, it definitely reaffirmed that, like, yeah, I just don't particularly want to live here. Uh, I'm very glad where <laughs> sure. I am. Michigan is sort of an odd bird, culturally speaking. What do you mean by that? Uh, and I, I'm, I'm like five, I'm like five miles out of Michigan. I've spent a great deal of my life in Michigan myself, so mm-hmm. I have a ton of fam, friends, tons of family in there. But like, it's just like the weird melting pot of like cool artsy people and like anarchist militias. <laughs> it's like, this is yeah. the strangest. Cause yeah. like you have like Grand Rapids and Traverse city and Detroit. But and yeah, then you have you like, have like the Michigan militia. In, yeah. Any, any time you get out of any city limit, it's just like, this is, it really is. It really is. All, like, this is like almost like Arkansas backwoods. Yeah. It, there's, there's it's points where so you're like, bizarre. where are we? And then right. you're like, Oh, we're just in the suburbs. And you know, and that's common from us, right? Like right. orange County is famously very Republican where LA is, is not, um, that's a kind of normal thing, but I don't know. It just feels heightened there, but, uh, yeah, I like, I don't know of anybody living in the suburbs of Orange County who tried to kidnap the governor. <laughs> like that's <laughs> we kept bringing that up. we just kept bringing that up. It was just, I just couldn't get over it because yeah. like anytime I would uh, you know look at a Facebook post about you know some family member or whatever ranting and raving about um, whatever the election being stolen or something, yeah, and I'm like. Oh yeah, these are the people that like tried yeah, to yeah. thought that kidnapping the governor uh, because of the mask mandate was a good idea. Right. And coincidentally, Michigan had at the start of the pandemic like one of the best uh, rates, and then she lifted yeah. it, and then it just went chaos. Right. Yeah. 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 <sighs> this is depressing. We'll get through it. We'll, we'll, we'll cut all the code. Most talk. Of, <laughs> some of us anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, I'm glad the holidays were good. Mine were good. Yeah. We're chill. Saw family and friends. Lauren got to see her best friend for the first time in three years, which was lovely. a lot of crying. Um, old Sam. Yes. Yeah. All Sammy. Uh, a lot of crying. It was lovely. But um, <laughs> yeah, as soon as we got back, I was glad to be. I was so ready to be back because I uh, am not embarrassed. I missed my cats just terribly. Like I <laughs> yeah, miss them go. as if they are people. Uh, oh, yeah. And so we were super glad to get back and then have, you know, kind of five days of downtime here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lovely time. It was a lovely break. It wasn't long enough, but it never is. <laughs> Never is. No. 
Yeah, I just went back to work yesterday and I was like, Same. Uh, this is, why do I, why do I need to do this for, sus- <laughs> for sustenance? <laughs> like, why can't, yeah. why can't food just fall into my mouth and someone pay my mortgage? Why does the bank have to harass me for the money? I, I had a similar thing yesterday morning when I <laughs> went back to work. I was like, why do I have to do this again? And then I, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, okay, they do. I, I am lucky enough to be paid uh, very well. So why can't um, I just find a rich pervert to pay me thousands of dollars <laughs> for pictures of my feet? Yeah. I told Come Lauren, on. I told Lauren, I was like, you ever find anybody that'll pay for feet pics like that? Like, like, I, I oh my God. My, my cousin, my cousin <laughs> lived with us for a while and he has like this string of just odd, like stalkery interactions like that. But somebody offered him a few hundred dollars for like, I think a pair of his shoes and he didn't do it. I'm like, bro, you are in college. You got student loans. <laughs> like, What are you doing? <laughs> You're like one of these Chuck Taylors. Cause <laughs> they were, at, they were like his running be, shoes. I think. Yeah. You should have probably <laughs> like, gone for ready. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if any if anyone listening, if you want feet pics and are willing to pay out the nose for them, uh, we we have a couple opportunities for you. We do. Um, <laughs> this is a great segue into this weekly. <laughs> t- no, it's a terrible segue to this weekly topic. Uh, <laughs> this 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 episode might require more editing than normal, but uh, nah, I just gonna the, let loose the. Subject I was I was chatting with Nat about when we we're figuring out like okay the billions of things in our list of subjects to talk about was just like how has family influenced your love of music and yeah uh, just because so I don't know anytime you're around someone talking about music or especially interviews with like I don't know whoever Adele or something they'll always be like oh my mom was would play. Yeah put on Tina Turner and that really meant a lot to me or whatever. (laughs) Um, And I've always kind of struggled with this because I didn't really have them. Uh, You know, I mentioned my my father's very into music, but radically opposite in our tastes. And my mom really never listened to much music other than like extremely popular stuff. But I was, Oh, I thought you were going to say extremely raunchy gangster rap. Yes, definitely. <laughs> She's really into Bone Thugs uh, for a while. Uh, no, like Shania Twain, come on over, was like permanently <laughs> in her CD player. Um, but yeah, like, and then there's like, because of the evangelical upbringing, there was a lot of Christian stuff. But I can't, you know, I struggle to, you know, if I ever became famous. Uh, Right. And, oh, what are your influences and whatever? I would not be like, oh, my dad put on the Rolling Stones when I was a kid. Like he yeah. didn't. Like I, I had to come to them on my own, just like everything. So, uh, I don't know. What, what, like, how, what's your kind of family influence on music? Yeah. So it's it's weird because like I I come from a very musical family. So like my uh, my mom and dad were like both in choir in college. My dad and his siblings had like a quartet mm-hmm. when they were at school together. And my mom sang on the worship team. Uh, my dad sang in the church choir. And like, I was like always like dragged around like to like worship practice and whatever. And like, you know, the 
and a lot of the guys that we had on the band then when I was a kid were like also like just like playing in the bars on Friday night or whatever, you know, we'd have worship practice Wednesday night, bars on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Sort of that's and so they would just like jam with each other like through the thing. So I'm like aware of this thing, but it's always kind of felt like, oh, it's like that kind of like ho- what those hokey guys all do up there. Like it, mm. it wasn't something that like I felt personally interested in myself for a pretty long time. And then even like my sister Lindsay, I have two sisters. Uh Lindsay joined choir and was like, I feel like from a pretty young age, she became like a pretty like impressive singer. Okay. Um, and then, you know, my younger sister Meredith then also like joined band and played clarinet and got like pretty good. And like, this was, you know, I had, I had already found my way into music at that point, but like for a while, like music just kind of felt like what my parents and their friends and my sister did. It was like hmm. not something that like I did myself. I didn't listen to a whole lot of music myself. But did um, they so you say did? So it was something that they did. Did they introduce you to like at home? Did they put on music or in the car to say, oh, son, I listen to this yeah, song. Yeah, so this it's song. um it it's weird because like I definitely also have memories of like really enjoying music that they're putting on. So like my dad is a huge Harry Chapin fan who like most people only know Harry Chapin from Cat's Cradle. I uh, have he had never a, heard that name in my life. Yeah, but you know the song Cat's Cradle. I do know the song Cat's Cradle, <laughs> yeah, but I've never heard uh, that name in my life. That was him. Uh, and he has a rich discography that my dad owned like everything of. Okay. And so he would, he would put on like, we had one of those like six CD changers with like the big mm-hmm, cartridge mm-hmm. you'd like pull out and he would just put like a bunch of Harry Chapin CDs and like he had like a, wow. a he had it like cataloged for like what song was on what disc in what position on the thing because it wasn't I think he kept all he had like several of those cartridges and he yeah. just put his CDs in there and would like change them all at once it's not <laughs> like he kept them in their cases I remember like getting because I only ever had a single disc, but then some yeah. cars uh, would have like six CD changers. And I remember a buddy who got like a system in high school and, you know, none of us had money. So either his parents gave him the money for this or he worked <laughs> and spent every dime at his minimum yeah. wage job. But he had like a 12 CD changer, but in the trunk. So oh, yeah. Subs, 12 CD changer. <laughs> but because yeah. the subwoofers in the trunk with the CDs, it had to be it like anti skip. Yeah. And that was the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it still wasn't always anti skip enough. Because <laughs> when you listen to like yeah. rap and stuff, it would sometimes oh, yeah. skip. And oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the CD yeah. changers were just more hassle than they were ever worth. Right. Yeah. We had a, we had a 250 CD changer. Or was it maybe 500? It was like the big old what? huge carousel thing. Uh, and Were they just stacked on top of each other? No, it was like a big like carousel. You like would just put them in there. They're stacked vertically. Yeah, okay, okay. So there is some in like a big donut. It. Okay. Yeah, it, in like a big donut. And like so f- uh, my best friend Travis and I shared a graduation party with my stepsister. That's incredible. And to divide the music up, we somehow convinced her that the most fair way would be to load all of our CDs into this thing and then just hit shuffle. She did not consider 
that there were two of us and one of her oh. and that each of us had probably four times as many CDs as she did. <laughs> so there was a whole lot of punk and hardcore at this, at this graduation party and she was mad. Um, but no, it was like, I remember like there were like these certain Harry Chapin songs that he'd put on and we would just like, you know, yell along with them and like run around the living room to these songs. Oh. I remember like, I think I was like in the, parking lot of the doctor's office or something. <laughs> I was maybe like four or five singing along to the guitar solo in uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Okay, okay. <laughs> From Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which was my favorite movie. Yeah, and uh, uh, New Found Glory, I think, covered that song. Oh, man, probably did on did. Screen to Your Stereo. I think they did. yeah. Um, but yeah, and like I, and there were other songs, like there was some, uh, some country song where the guy sounded like an auctioneer and we were always going to auctions. And so like, I thought it was like the funniest song, uh, just like love. So I like had like appreciation for music, but I didn't like, I guess go any deeper myself. Like I had like previously said that I probably like just listened to CCM and Weird Al mm -hmm. until I discovered like harder music, harder, but yeah. like. I absolutely geeked out when Hanson dropped. Like that was oh. like, I think maybe the first time that I remember like Same. caring about music. I mean, cause it's just like, you know, again, say what you will, whatever. I mean, I was in sixth grade and like, yeah, it's pure pop sugar. It's, it's, yeah, I was, it was so addicting and I was like, Oh, I, I need yeah. this Hanson CD. And yeah. uh, somehow I convinced my parents to get it for me. I think they knew it was, innocent enough uh, <laughs> that they got it for me. And then quickly I realized they're not going to put it out if he swears. Uh, I quickly realized it was very uncool to like handsome and <laughs> got made fun of for it. But um, see, luckily I was in fifth grade and so we didn't know that yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny to think back because like the, a lot, so much of my childhood was around music because my dad played in and out of bands. I mean, before yeah. I was born, he was very much in a, like they tried to do, you know, they tried to, to make it. And so he was in a serious band before I was born. And then, you know, like everybody, uh, get older, have kids and stuff and go, okay, gotta guess, guess we're not making it. And, but he played guitar in church, and so I grew mm -hmm. up with a lot of that. Yeah. And then they had friends in bands. I always just had friends in bands, you know. And so they would always, the weekend, once, twice a month, we'd go to something somewhere where we would be seeing a friend's band play. And mm -hmm. so from that, I knew I liked rock music. You know, it was very 80s, early 90s rock. <laughs> yeah. But okay, I like yeah. rock music. And my dad really, the biggest band back then was Petra. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if you know, Pe do you know Petra? Fort Wayne Zone. Okay. <laughs> They're, uh, I'm not a fan. I think my, I think my mom's still fan. convinced. I think my mom's still convinced she's going to end up with the bassist. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> I just like the tape. Cause the little arm console thing of my parents' car had the tapes yeah, yeah, and yeah. it, you know, they put on, whatever they would do. And I would always want to put on Petra because it was the close, it was the only thing I could even yeah. really sink my teeth into as a kid. And then when um, DC talk came out with free at last and I was uh, 
six. I think I was six. I yeah. got obsessed with that record. Like, <laughs> uh, I had the Walkman, and I just listened to DZ Talk Street West over and over and over. And so then I became like, oh, I like rap. I like hip hop. And in the 90s, yeah. too, like rap, you know, just from Vanilla Ice and everything. Yeah. Like really permeated everywhere, including white suburban world. And so I was convinced for a while that like rap was what I was, you know, oh, okay, I'm a rap guy now. But the problem with that is, <laughs> is that there was no rap that I could listen to. <laughs> or I should say no rap that my parents would let me listen to. KJ52 um, hadn't come out yet? I don't even know what that is. Okay. He's like, he's, I think that's the one. He's a Christian rapper who did a... KJ. He did a song called, I think, Dear Marshall or something like that. It was oh, like no. an open oh, no. letter to Eminem to like okay. use his influence more responsibly. <laughs> These oh, kids boy. look up to you, man. Mm. Maybe don't cuss so much. Um, <laughs> I also for that's, to that's this it. Day, that's the whole rap. For the, forever to this day, I remember when Will Smith came out with in response to Eminem and said some lyric in one of his singles about oh not God. needing to cuss. And then when Eminem fired back and says, Will Smith don't need to cuss in his uh, albums. So in his raps, to sell records and then we'll F him and F you too. <laughs> yeah. just, it was just like hearing that as a kid who was like, uh, maybe Will Smith has a point. Maybe and yeah. then like when Eminem just fires, just completely destroyed uh his arguments just uh, just the king of the edge lords uh he yeah he is in he like uh i i will i yeah. will point out i will make the distinction now slim shady rather than sure. eminem is the king of edge lords sure because he was doing a character which i was too he was doing young a to really even understand that right. as a concept he was just not that eminem is to me a saint either um but yeah, I so I really liked rap, but I couldn't get really any <laughs> rap. And so then I have all this CCM music that you know I had in my I have my own tape collection. I was like the only kid I knew with a tape <laughs> collection in elementary. And so I remember one of the things I wanted really bad, so bad, was the Mighty Ducks 2 soundtrack. Oh yeah. Uh there there are two soundtracks that are just have been I mean, soundtracks were a thing I bought a lot because I could some they were like things I could sneak under the radar I guess right right folks. right and so Mighty Ducks I'm like this is a Disney movie this is a Disney movie and it had Whoop there it is on it uh, yeah uh, and the, I wanted that song so bad like you know uh, I listened to the Mighty Ducks two soundtrack <laughs> on repeat and then uh, a couple years later when Batman Forever came out I got the Batman yes. Forever soundtrack and again I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before but yeah. literally look up the Batman Forever soundtrack. It's it's radical. Is it wait? Is it Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? Batman oh, Forever. Wow. Batman Forever has like everything from U two to Seal to okay, PJ that's Harvey, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lips, Sunny Day yeah. Real Estate. Yeah, you're just Smashing like, Pumpkins what? are on there. Yeah, you're just you're, there's like isn't isn't it an exclusive track from Smashing Pumpkins? How I don't know actually. I think I that's the only. I think the song on there might have only been released on that soundtrack. I just remember which is bizarre. As I was discovering all these, and then yeah, being like, I like Sunny Day, and I like PJ Harvey, and I like yeah. you know uh, all this music. Uh, Offspring was on there, um, and so th those are big for me. So then, then when Junior High hit and and uh, New Metal exploded, and yeah, Eminem yeah. exploded, uh, 
I mean, I couldn't have been more primed for that because I wanted <laughs> right. rap and I finally, I was old enough where I could like get it myself, you know, like even if parents weren't cool that I could listen on the radio or get a burned CD or whatever from a friend. Um, right, right, right. But then back to, again, back to the parent, parent in influence, you know, my dad was always into very guitar uh, virtuoso. Yeah. So number one, probably being Phil Keggy, uh, if, you're un, if you're familiar with him. Um, absolute guitar virtuoso. Yeah. Uh, and uh, born again Christian. And so people really latch onto him that play guitar and uh, are Christians. And yes. so he, I, I never really dug his albums, but when yeah. I started to I get serious about guitar playing, I remember going back and listening to a lot of him and going, okay. And like, cause again, when you're learning only punk music and like whatever, and whatever, right. it was like when I got more serious, I, I did go back and kind of go, Oh, and like got a different appreciation for what he was doing. And yeah, it's like, okay, this is not my favorite thing, but um, there's, you there's know. also something to be said about the distinction between like technical skill and songwriting ability which mm. I feel like is a conversation that just like especially among instrumentalists mm. themselves and I feel like the more serious someone is about their instrument the more blind they are to the thing so like I yeah. have never man who's that guy that everybody uh, is it Sat is it Satriani Joe Satriani or Steve Vai Steve, I actually like, he's, he's a blues guy. So he's like got some chops, but like Satriani is like, I have never heard mm -hmm. a Satriani song that I have been able to stomach. It, I'm just like, there is nothing here. <laughs> like, it this all is sounds just, like music it's a made for music made for playing in the grand Canyon. Like, <laughs> like it's all just so thick and so drenched with reverb. And it's like you like, but not in it, a good way, not in a good way. Like you're hearing in your head, you know, that wind is blowing in his long hair and <laughs> blowing his shirt back. And, um, again, which attracted me because as a kid, you don't like what you're, parents like i really liked thin tone i really wanted you know a telly i really wanted a strap right. i really liked uh twangy guitars i did not want you know i've come full to, i like it all now but i did not i was like no i know les paul's are great guitars but i did not want that sound i wanted a telly uh yeah you know uh yeah <laughs> just it's, it's yeah it's just it's at a point, it's just like, I get it. You know how to make your fingers do that. Yeah. Like, write a decent song and we'll talk. The, it's like, I feel I feel the same way about Les Claypool. That name sounds really familiar Primus. to me. Primus. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, Why does that so, name sound so familiar? The hard, the hard thing about saying that Primus sucks is that saying that Primus sucks is a meme among Primus fans. Oh, I, I don't yeah. even know. I just know people that are really into Primus and it's like a bridge I've never crossed where I'm like, look, you're going to tell me that they're technically they, good and they, they're I'm technically go very sure. good. And they've got that song on the Tony Hawk soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah. What is something? Yeah. Jerry was a race car driver. Yep. Yep. It's like so it's something was a something. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not for me. Right. Um, 
But the number one, I think, holdover that was probably from my parents, uh, and particularly my, my dad, uh, that I genuinely fell in love with and still love is um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, of all the guitar virtuosos, yeah. Stevie, uh, I mean, he played a Strat. He, I mean, he played all, but he played, main guitar was a Strat. And uh, his tone and everything about his style and the blues. And I think also I was getting into him right at the same time, like the White Stripes came out. Oh, so yeah, very, yeah, yeah into garage rock and blues and whatever. Yeah. So I fell in love with Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff. And then hearing his story, Stevie Ray Vaughan's personal story is just so radical. So I, I think for my money, like he's the best guitar player ever, but um, that was, you know, definitely a bonding point where my dad sure. was sort of like, okay, I got you into this guy, this one guy I got you into. Okay, cool. <laughs> there cool, you cool. go. Uh, have you seen that video of, Steve Ray Vaughan playing a solo while his guitar tech changes a string around him. No, no. <laughs> if there's I a, have, I forgot. There's a, it. there's a video where he breaks a string during a solo, and the stri- and the guitar tech comes on, and like he keeps playing, and the tech strings the guitar like around him as he's playing. <laughs> It's wild stuff. And then he like tunes it up as he's going. I, uh, he's, like, he's I'm, wild. I, like he yeah, would play never, so much that he would put, um, he would play so much that he would put super glue in the fronts of his fingers because his fingers were oh, yeah. raw and he wanted to keep playing. And it's just right. like, That's, it's obsessive. Yeah. You know? No, I, I never got into SRV, but I, again, I like, I like what I've heard from him a lot more than, you know, Satriani or Vi or because <laughs> he he was playing good music and there right. were good songs like right in there. he actually like, had he actually yeah. wrote songs yeah um yeah um but go back to like family formation stuff uh the big probably the big thing that like actually was more formative um was when my mom remarried my stepdad had two daughters. Uh, one was my age, one was several years younger. And it was, it was weird. Cause like my, the older stepsister and my sister, my younger sister, Lindsay were like best friends before they got married. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. that's like how my, how they met. Um, and so like, we were just like hanging out as a family all the time. And he was very into like old classic rock stuff. And so he, and prog rock and stuff like that. So like he grew up in Boston, like when Aerosmith was coming up, <laughs> like he flew to, he flew to Ireland one time and flew back and Aerosmith was, had gotten signed while he was gone and dream on was playing at JFK. And oh he's like, God. why is Aerosmith playing at the airport? <laughs> like, this is <laughs> the weirdest thing. I think he was gone for like six I, months or something. Like I didn't that. know. Are they, so they're from Boston. Like I know yeah, nothing about them. Like they're not a band that I associate with the place. Like I do the white stripes or right, right, right. Dr. Dre or whatever. No. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know until he told me so, but like he had a, he had a, like a box of records in the basement uh, and like stuff like Pink Floyd and the who and uh, some Alan Parsons project and be, tons of Beatles stuff that like is is all like scribbled and drawn on because <laughs> because he had it as a kid yeah um, 
And then also like, you know, had the stack of CDs that he had bought later in life and bought his favorite albums there. And so uh, I just remember like going and getting like a record player working in the basement and just like going through the box. And he mm -hmm. had some eight tracks too, which had a big weird novelty factor to them at the time. It would like, that is one of the weirdest, truly one of the weirdest formats. Like oh, tape, absolutely. tape makes sense. Eight track was like the bridge between vinyl and tape. And it was just, it was so inferior to tape in every yeah. conceivable way. <laughs> Cause the thought was that, well, wouldn't you want to skip around? Wouldn't mm -hmm. you want to skip around the album? But like, sure that could be convenient, but not if like the song is going to fade out in the middle of it. We in there. So I remember like big and unwieldy. And it was often like, yeah, it was often, they would often like fade out during like the single. Like I remember he had uh, a foreigner eight track and I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Cold as ice. This is a great song. And like, I put it in and then like in the bridge, like as, as it's coming back out of the bridge back into the into the chorus like the song fades out and, and you, then you have fades to flip it back over to in. continue no it goes on to the next track but like it just like there's a volume dip oh for whatever i don't know why they put them in there but like huh. it would just drop in volume but when it would switch because the tracks didn't coordinate with the songs the way they do on a cd oh. it was just like a set like this amount of time and then you could just like jump in that amount of time, like 10 minutes or something. Oh. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing, but um, I didn't know that. And then also part of that is like my stepsister and I are like in high school together and mm -hmm. like we're, you know, I'm discovering bands. She's discovering bands through other people. She was also like in band. She played flute and was in marching band and stuff. And so they're always, you know, her friends who are in jazz band are throwing people around. And there was some jazz concert where somebody there is, they discovered that the piano player in the jazz band could sing. Mm -hmm. Cause he did like a talent. Oh, he did like a talent show thing or something mm -hmm. and played uh, magic by Ben folds five. And okay. like, it was sort of like sent a shutter through the school, but like, especially like my sister was especially captivated by it and like, was like raving about Ben folds five to us and like, yeah, okay, let's, let's buy this Ben folds five CD that we found. It was whenever and ever amen, which is yeah, oddly enough, one of the best alt rock records of the nineties, <laughs> just it's, like, he's so yeah, ben, uh, ben Folds is great. I mean, everybody is like, oh, yeah, he's great. But I, I still don't think he quite gets enough cred. But no, uh, it's the, it's weird because he's like in that weird like middle level. We're like, mm -hmm. he's probably like, got pretty widespread name recognition. But it's not like he's like top orchestras and stuff. Now. Yeah, 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 like yeah. He'll yeah. come here like to SF. It's like, oh, Ben Folds playing with the SF. Uh, SF yeah. SFSO. Um and it's like okay rad and like you know he'd no problem selling out yeah uh the the opera house here but yeah again like topping the charts like no absolutely not no, but no, no, no. He, I, when brick came out oh um, that, that was, was a the hit. first single that was a huge hit and, and it was about his only taking hit. his girlfriend to get an abortion right right and that was <laughs> insane like yeah. i remember liking the song enough 
and listening to the lyrics and kind of not getting it. And then somebody's like, you know, this is about the yeah, pain. This is about the painful choice him and his girlfriend had to decide in, in high school or something to go get an abortion. And I was like, you know, I was yeah. junior high or something. So I right. barely even had a concept of that. And then you're just listening to it and you're like, just devastated. Yeah. You're, 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 Oh man, this, this song it takes on a new meaning, and then yeah. it's everywhere. It's like in the CVS. You're like in line, <laughs> you know, getting whatever. Yeah. It's like, she's yeah. And I'm I think like, oh I think God. that that's I think that that's why we bought that album it was because we rec- like that song. We're like, oh, we know that song. Like that's mm-hmm. a song that like we've heard on the radio or whatever. And um, I don't. My stepsister got a couple of the other ones. I really just held on to that one. But like as a family, like we bought somewhere like I think in a music store saw the piano book for that album Mm -hmm. and bought it and brought it home and put it on our, like our family keyboard and Mm -hmm. just like sort of all took turns learning these songs. So like there are a few Ben folds five songs that I still like know by muscle memory on piano, which is not an instrument I play with tons of proficiency, but like, I can play Selfless, Cold, and Composed by Ben Folds 5. It's like, that's the <laughs> Not the like solo his, part of it. I can play One Angry Dwarf and 10,000 Angry Faces oh, or whatever. That song is so good. Oh, uh, it's so, and that, it's a fun <laughs> piano part too. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Ben, he's, he's another one of those guys where we keep talking about skill and songwriting. Yeah. And you go, he's got both. He's got both in spades, oh man. Oh my God. He's scary good at piano. And then he'll, make a song like army where or, yeah yeah um or even rock in the suburbs which is just like a good song it's just a goofy pop song but it's, it's about being a goofy pop song about, yeah it's about being like a, 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 an angry white guy yeah. in the suburbs and not really being angry and not really having like a good outlet for right. it yeah. um and uh yeah he's radically talented it was this is not uh, yeah. Ben Folds episode. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> also, I will, I will, I will point out at this point that uh, South Bend, in the last six years, celebrated our 150th anniversary from our founding, mm-hmm. and Ben Folds played the thing. We we got Ben Folds in. And the now does he have secretar- any ties to the area, or was it just no? Hey, okay. no, they just called him up. But then he and uh, uh, now transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg played uh, played a duet on piano. Is Pete Buttigieg from South Bend? Yeah, he is. Our, he was our mayor. Okay, he was our mayor. That's for eight years. I know. I should know this. Also, Look. also an incredibly <laughs> talented musician. I someone made a joke uh, during the whole Trump uh, clown show about mm-hmm. look, I know all eight members of the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> I should not have to know more members of any administration. And right, right. It, that just stuck with me because it was just like Steve. Who's Steve? Ban- okay, so Steve Bannon. So, uh, but Mnuchin's a different guy. Okay, Mnuchin, and, and just oh, like gosh, yeah, it was nonsense. It was like every day. It's like okay, now you're gonna learn about this new guy who's like. Yeah, the the you know vice chaplain of the and you're like no and so I yeah. mentally you know some I have friends who are really really into politics and they just they inhale this stuff and then we'll hang out and I can like kind of hang with them for a minute right but then they'll get into really deep stuff and uh, or not even deep but they just like follow it in a way that I'm just like I simply I can't 
do anything. So I, I check out uh, kind yeah. of from it to a degree. Um, it, especially if I feel like, oh, I can't do anything about it. And so, yeah, I, the, 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 there's like a, like a Wu-Tang Clan rule in my head <laughs> uh, where if it's, you know, as soon as it gets more than eight people, I say, so right. I, Pete, Pete Buttigieg got, uh, he's, he's, know, he's, uh, he got axed in my brain. Oh, I would think he'd be like Method Man. <laughs> he's like the guy in the end. He, he came like, out here and did a uh, fundraiser. Uh, again, Bay Area, yeah. largely skews blue, skews Democrat. But you know he's uh, he's not, he's not like a, a lefty like Bernie. And so he did this big fundraiser with a bunch of um, well-off Democrats at a wine cave. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I that got, was a big, that was a big, uh, yeah. And so everybody's like, what's a wine cave, you know? And then like, yeah. overnight, everybody's like Googling wine cave. And yeah, it's <laughs> a thing we have here, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, wine caves, yeah. wine caves, wine caves, Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> Ben Folds. Uh, I also remembered there was a night, um, cause I said like, again, like my, my stepdad had like his big like tower of mm-hmm. it's like the man. I, I want to see a zoomer reacts to all of the different solutions that the market put out for CD storage. Ooh, <laughs> so unwieldy. Cause you <laughs> like, would feel bad throwing away the jewel case, but then you also knew like, well, I'm not going to like friggin also keep like it, but then you'd shove them into the booklet and they would all get jacked yeah. up and, also, the booklets were terrible for CDs. I've had to rebuy many of my favorite CDs because I kept them in one of those little portable booklets, it, and they just got chewed up. Yeah, but but um, there was one night where, man, it was maybe freshman year, I think, uh, where my par- my parents would always do like every Friday night they would just have a non negotiable date night, and they would go out and then. Um, like, one of us at least for pizza kids. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I also found out recently that most of the time, uh, for a long period of that, uh, our the pizza that we received was free because my mom bit into a slice of pizza from that place and pulled a band aid out of her mouth, and so. <laughs> That's a good good deal. I would eat a Band-Aid pizza (laughs) if that meant I continued to get free pizza. Oh, for sure. No, don't even eat it. You just have to pull the Band-Aid out. I mean, I'm grossed out, but I would do it for free pizza. Oh, for sure. But so every Friday we would, and they would give us like 40 bucks, which I guess now I know went to the delivery guy. Oh, that's okay. That's very sweet. Because it was a guy, it was a guy we knew from church. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so we had free pizza for the, from the Band-Aid for a, a long time. And one time they got kind of pissy about it. And she said, Band-Aid in my mouth. And he <laughs> sort of grumbled and gave her another free pizza. Like, like we could <laughs> but, be um, in court and instead you just have to give me like $20 worth of pizza oh, every yes, now and again. Yes. It's not a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, um, but no, so one of those nights... Uh, everybody else, like all of our other siblings had plans and like, just, it was just like me and my stepsister hanging out. And so like, we were just going through the CD thing and like, we're like, you know what? Let's, let's listen to the Beatles. And so like, listen to like, 
I think it was maybe just the White Album and the number one one, yeah. like the one with all the hits that, on it. That we just like one one was my first exposure to the Beatles because oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom bought it and yeah. I'm trying to remember if the Love CD had come out yet. I don't so, think so. The Cirque du Soleil yeah, say, the love one is the not remix. The Beatles performing no, the songs, but they're like wild. It's George Martin. Okay, they're like. So Good yeah, man. George George Martin, the original producer, mm. or maybe it was his son. Maybe it was George Martin's son. God, God but they was went to the, doing all of the. He's the one that just did the Let It Be. And okay, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they they went to the original tapes and like remixed. Okay, this huge. They made it was like the Cirque du Soleil show. I don't think that had come out yet, but that is also a great piece that I I need to revisit that. Um, but we just like spent hours just listening to these songs like on windows media player on the family computer. Yeah. Just loaded them. We didn't even, we didn't even rip it to the computer. Like it wasn't that advanced of a yeah. computer yet, but we're just there. And I guess we were still, we were still doing it. We were still listening to it when they got home and they would get home yeah. late. So it was maybe like one or two o'clock and my stepsister and I are just like blasting the Beatles in the family den. <laughs> they come in, you're like, and have you guys heard the White Album? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go to bed. <laughs> no, but, my but life, mom. My, my parents come in and my stepdad gets really concerned just looking at us like... Yeah, are you guys high? Smelling, smelling for weed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Mm. like, are you guys high? Like, no, we're not high. Maybe we are high on the Beatles. Oh my God. High on the Beatles. But I consumed a number of classic albums that way <laughs> in, the, in the family computer room on Windows Media Player looking through my stepdad's collection. That's, uh, that's like one of the worst ways to consume art. And it's kind of the main oh, way absolutely. that most of us did, which is the family computer with a ton <laughs> of just family chaos around and you've got oh, yeah. mediocre headphones on, if headphones at all. Uh, oh, no. Those computer, computer speakers. speakers that came with your <laughs> gateway. And you're like listening to like <laughs> Zeppelin 4 for the first time. And you're like, this oh, yeah. is not how I should be consuming this for the first time. The wall. But it was the wall is, for this me. Is, this is what we got. You know, we're, we're working with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that said... But- should we yeah, uh, yeah. uh should we segue into our, our, our weekly picks? Right. Yeah, our weekly picks. Right. Let's do that. I have I have so many to filter through because what I what generally happens around the end of the year uh, is I get some money for my birthday and I get some money for mm-hmm. Christmas and then like all the year end stuff starts coming out and then also, it's like this mix of like, okay, I have money now. Like, what's some stuff that I've been meaning to buy mm-hmm. when I had the money for it? And so I, I did buy a couple white whales uh, in this. It's a, it was a, I, um, I maybe overdid it this time. <laughs> maybe overdid it what this time. Buy? Jesse. Like, like an original print of, or pressing of uh, like. Oh no, there was like, dark. I think I bought, I tried to, I tried to like count it. And I think I'm already out of count. I think it was around between like stuff I ordered mm-hmm. online and stuff that I bought in person. I think it was around like 17 records. Okay. Well, okay. It's that, your, uh, it's which your is hobby. like what I would always say. Right. 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 
It's just a lot of them at once. <laughs> there was a time so, when I was spending about $100, uh, a little over $100 a month on comic books. And what I would always say to myself is like, well, I could be into like needle drugs. So. <laughs> right. I could uh, be doing cocaine. I'm suppo- you know, I'm supporting artists and whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like you're supporting artists, like who cares? Yep. Yep. And so a couple, a couple of the standouts that I got there. Polyphonic Spree, if you oh, remember Oh, I remember them. I just never, never got into them. Yeah. Uh, I was really into their second album, Together We're Heavy, mm-hmm. in college. Um, and it's like, it was one of the first albums that I added to my Discogs want list when I started, oh, <laughs> when I started I that. Discogs. I finally found a copy under $75. <laughs> yeah. And so I ordered that. I ordered Bedlam and Goliath because Why? I have... You're never gonna. You're never the gonna rest of to that. the. I'm a big. You're never gonna listen to that. I love Mars Volta. I love the I Mars Volta. Like the first Mars. Everybody was like, "Oh, I love the Mars Volta," and I'm like, "Okay, listen. Tell me, you tell me, you act like the name of track seven on any record after the first one." And I was like, mm. "Cassandra Gemini." Oh, That's well, track six, actually. We had this fight in that Facebook group where uh, it was like Francis the Mute versus something. And I'm like, look, you all are tryhards. I love talking trash in that group because I have fun talking. Like, I'm always doing it in jest and having fun. For for reference, for reference, there is a, a some background. There's a group called The Greatest Albums of yeah. the 2000s. Anyone can it join. Is a, it is a public. Anyone can join. It's a public Facebook group. They're in the final round right now. I think it's whoever's running the group has gone through and done mm-hmm. polls for different decades. It is absolutely infuriating so fun i had to vote between i had to vote between in rainbows and demon days the other day and then some jerkwad was like tell me why in rainbows is better i'm like because it's, like, it's better you numbskull you anything, sir no i love like I the one uh queens of the stone age songs for the deaf just lost to tools lateralith and i that is hard because like it makes me now then want to talk a bunch of trash about Tool and about Ladder Alice. I'm like, you know what? That is a good record and it's talented. Right. But in my mind, like Songs for the Deaf is is maybe the, a perfect, it's like a perfect rock and roll, right? Like it's balls to the walls, front to back, perfect. And, but I, it, yeah. it doesn't, uh, you know, they don't play songs in the uh, time signature of Pi. So people don't like it. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Tool. I I need to revisit Queens of the Stone Age now that I've gotten into Kios. Is it Kios? Which is Josh Kai oh, Is it Kios? Oh man. I have no idea. Uh Josh Kios just sounded more Josh Homme. Josh Homme. I, I think it is Josh Holm and I always say Josh Homme. Uh yeah, like <laughs> he is just uh he's a riff yeah. machine. I'll give him that. Like that's like, and he produced like the Iggy pop record from a couple years. He's produced a couple big records for, for artists as well. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I need, I need to go back. Cause I sort of always like wrote them off as like, just like a catchy radio rock band. No, they're Um, they're freaking great, but they're, I like everything they've put out, but song for the deaf is their front to back balls to the walls like you are all right you know i'll listen to that uh, it is not like a yankee hotel foxtrot where it's trying to make you think deep things it is just <laughs> but it's 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 like a mad max fury road 
style record. Yeah, I remember some of those music yeah. videos. It's just oh. there's the one with the with the scorpion on the front of the car and a lady. Is that it? Oh, I know exactly which one you're. Was that on that album or the I know next exactly one? Which one you're talking about? I think it was that one because the art style was the same as the cover. But I think though my my pick this week, like my official pick, if I have to pick one, uh, I recently realized that a place to bury strangers is not a crappy metalcore band like I've always assumed they were. <laughs> they are, in fact, actually a really cool shoegaze band. Like, basically, if you take, like, Jesus and Mary Chain, My Bloody Valentine, and huh. Joy Division and put them in a blender, like, that's I a place to bury strangers. I mix so, all the bury hardcore bands because uh, there's bury <laughs> yes. your dead well, there's that other one between the buried and me, between the buried and me yeah and then the one you're talking about and in my head they all just blended together and it wasn't until also, recently people were also like pretty girl make graves well they're not no but they're not hardcore no they were no no, no no they're not i loved that band but uh between the buried and me apparently is good and has still making music and yes, i just found I that do out know recently that. And i, I do like, know that they're still oh, together you should go back and uh check um, them out anyways no your, i've, your I've is, confused i've confused a place to bury strangers and place to bury pretty strangers. Okay. and pretty girls make graves i've confused those two bands a but lot. This um, band, a place but this band, a place genre. to bury strangers. It's a shoegaze like post punk thing. Okay. It's really cool. They call themselves the loudest band in San Francisco. They're from San Francisco. Come on, man. I think, or maybe New York. Oh no, never mind. That was another shoegaze band. So that you I, should, <laughs> you should get from, that right. No, a place to bury strangers is the loudest band in the world. They said there's okay. a band I discovered called Airs that called themselves. They said formerly the loudest band from San Francisco, mm. okay. but but no. So I I have the uh, the self titled on the way okay. from a place to bury strangers, and it's it's noisy, it's catchy, it's good. Uh, the guy also runs his own guitar pedal company, which I learned when looking through these things. And Pitchfork is just dismissing everything that they do as ads for his pedal company. I mean, <laughs> like, or it's like uh, Kurt Blue from Converge started making. He started the studio, then he yeah. started making pedals, and now he makes pedals. And it's like uh, it always comes up when you talk uh, about that band. Out, oh like, yeah, well. Is it just an yeah. ad for his pedals? No, no, it's not. Right. I, I did just, you saying that just reminded me that I meant to buy some Converge record in this binge, but I buy forgot and did not. You buy them all. <laughs> They're expensive. Um, the one with all the moons on it is affordable. That's a great record. That, that was a yeah. great one. I think that's the only one I've spent any time with, um, like in a full time. Uh, my, my, my picks, yeah. uh, I'm extremely mainstream. I'm going to go with Silk Sonic. It is a damn delight. Uh, if you don't know what Silk Sonic is, it is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack uh, doing a super, super duo. I don't know if super group is the right word, super duo. It is, um, they have like Bootsy Collins kind of narrating it, which is perfect. Um, if you like Bootsy Collins, if you like Sly and the Family Stone, if you like, uh, James Brown. Give this record a listen. You cannot listen to this record and not smile. Right. You cannot right. you cannot have a bad time while listening to this record. And it's like 30 minutes, which I love. His records oh. are always way too long. Uh, and I listened to the whole thing like twice this week. And I was just like glowing ear to ear. And the lyrics are like, f like I was laughing last night. 
of, of doing the dishes and listening to it. And I started laughing and my wife was like, are you laughing at that line? And I was like, yeah. And I can't even tell you what the line is now, but it was just very like funny. Like it's okay. that it's, <laughs> it's fun R and B. And yeah. So like if yeah. James Brown kind of stuff, it's, uh, there you go. But like, more sexy, I guess, or more smoother. Okay, um, sure, Coke sure. Sonic, it's great. I'm not a big Bruno Mars fan. I do. I'm a big Anderson Pack fan, but uh, I, you can't you can't uh, go wrong with that record. It's called an evening yeah. with Silk Sonic. Okay, you said you said you can't help feel good while listening to it, and I mm-hmm. was going to chime in unless you are Bruno Mars' attorney, who's because how many lawsuits do you think he's going to get for copyright infringement this time? What is that a th- is that a thing with Bruno Mars? <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know. Or is that Pharrell Williams? I get... Well, they occupy a very similar place in my brain. Bruno Mars and Pharrell Williams are radically different people. Right. But like they're also just like writing like the pop music that sounds kind of old. Um, Both of them. For I mean, I'm yeah. sure they all have gotten sued <laughs> for theft at various points because right, you right, can only right. use so much with pop music but uh, no as far as I know I mean uh, Mark Ronson who did the last Bruno Mars thing he's really like he did Amy Winehouse's big breakthrough yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, uh, I was thinking where where did I know that name is yeah like he's does a lot of that yeah 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 he's a he's a great producer Town-y, yeah but modern um, thing yeah, and great. so he's he was a great so that's one of my um, yeah. uptown funk with Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars is my like go to karaoke song because uh, <laughs> it's just fun. It's just fun, and you can. It's it's hard to sing. It is because Bruno Mars is an incredible vocalist, the, but you can yeah. scream it because he's kind of screaming it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. And then there's a lot of call and response, so it's always a good good karaoke go. jam. I. I just I realized this past week that I would really love my go-to karaoke song to be "Sabotage" by Beastie Boys. Sure, I would love to get to that point where I can like hit that sort of like high Yelp. Oh, you can do it. If it's, I, thought, I, 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 thought I was challenge. trying to sing along in the car. I was trying to sing along in the car, and it was it's high. It's up. There. I, I thought the challenge was going to be memorizing the lyrics, but no. Yeah. Uh, oh, that too. What's his that name? Too. Mike. D, like. Yeah, that's really high. Uh, right, it's like, is it Mac? Is it Mike D? I don't know which one it is. Um, is it MCA? Is it? It's not. Is MCA. it Mike D? No, is, uh, it's either Mike right. D or Ad I, don't, I don't know who sings. I don't it know. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I can't tell the difference between the Mike Beastie D and Ad Rock are harder to tell. MCA stands out. Those two. I mean, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, and even still, I can't. I've listened to them my whole life, and I can't. If you just play yeah. a verse in isolation, I could be like, "Oh, that's Ad Rock, or that's Mike D." They they have right. such similar I, sounding voices. I also have ill communication on the way. Oh, that's such a good record. It's such a good because Michelle bought a. I, we stopped at a uh, record store in Grand Rapids, and she picked up a CD copy. And we were listening to it on the drive back. I'm like, this is, I think it was the first time I had listened to it in whole. And I was like, this album's incredible. <laughs> like, I need, oh, I yeah. need Ill this. Communication was such a siege because they did, they did their first it's one with the, so the, good. the felt title with yeah. the plane, which is a big deal. And then the next thing they do is Paul's Boutique. And then I think, I think it was the third, third, I think Ill Communication was, was yeah, the third one. Yeah, it was just such a, 
Like what? Like how? Like when? You, yeah, no, it's in, when you look at their discography, they really did reinvent their sound on every record. Uh, they yeah. have like you know they have some duds in there, but it's never it was never. People know them for uh, you know the early stuff like No Sleep Till Brooklyn and, and whatever, but like that Paul's Boutique, which is the second record, was just radically radically different. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I love the Beastie Boys. Um, huge fan. I also, right. So if I if I'm allowed another pick, because I just remembered, I saw the T-shirt I'm wearing from the band Psalm, mm-hmm. and remembered that yesterday I reviewed the album that I think should be out by the time this is, uh, this airs. Their album, The Shape of Everything. They are like a doom gaze band, like with really big pop sensibilities. Like the vocals just always sound like. Mm-hmm. super wispy like he's like almost not it almost doesn't sound like it's coming out of a pair of lungs mm-hmm. like it's so light and airy and then like these riffs are just huge and it's like that's that's my jam if you know me mm-hmm. at all <laughs> like that is like a perfect like give me super heavy v- music with really light vocals i'm into it psalm is the name of the band s-o-m shape of everything is the album it is really Names. good and listen to like everything else after like a I have no idea. <laughs> when you it's say members so, of Caspian, I didn't know what a Samuel was until uh, several years ago. But it was when I was in San Francisco and out here because wine country and everything. People just right. say song. the caves. So, oh yeah, the wine caves. The, the Pete Buttigieg does fundraisers that people just say Psalm. <laughs> And it means Samuel, and like I did not. Uh, that, I was like, I did not grow up around people saying Psalm and me knowing That's that it was so Samuel, and knowing that that was a uh, a wine expert in a nice restaurant. Um, I didn't know that was a career choice until about yeah four years ago. Yeah, there's a movie. There's a movie called Psalm, and it's really good. It's about Samuels. Oh, okay. But okay, but that is not the band song, right? But how how great would it be if they soundtracked that soundtrack movie? <sighs> now it has been a pleasure as always. It's been good. It's been good to see you. It's been a long time. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode whatever this is of Detuned Radio. We're, we're not counting anymore. Yeah, we're not counting. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Thank you for listening to Detuned Radio. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jesse Atkinson and Matt Fitzgerald, who apologize for their rambling, but they also won't adjust their behavior, so their apology should be taken with a grain of salt. If, for whatever reason, you want more, you can follow at Detuned Radio Pod on all socials and visit DetunedRadioPod.com. Someone, please, sponsor us. 